you know, I, I'm really going to kind of stay out of it. I heard some comments. Uh, I heard Coach Sampson talk about it's in the, the Texas fight song that OU sucks. I heard that in the in Coach Sampson's comments. So I, it's definitely a part of it. We felt it there last year when we played. Holy cow. Did we ever feel it um, there? Uh, I know that lyric is only in. I did a little research. It's only in when we play Texas. They alter the, the, the that lyric when you play te- the OU uh, Texas game. So, you know, I, I don't really want to get dragged into it. I know for us, um, we're excited about this game tomorrow. I know it's a part of it on both fan bases. So let's just let's just not let's just say what it is. I mean, they get it here, we get it there. I've been at the Red River rivalry where it's half and half, and walking around the fairgrounds. I mean, it's. Both sides are giving it to each other. So you just hopefully, what you just hope for is it stays safe, that it stays, you know, that a, a, a great rivalry, you know, and no one crosses the line in that great rivalry. That's what you hope for. You know, you don't want to put, you know, everybody sit there and like this in the rivalry. It's, it's awesome. I've been at Red River the last couple of years, man. It's awesome. I've been there in their, their new arena last year. Awesome. All right. So both fan bases, passionate. We're going to give it to each other. Just not crossing each other's lines. It's a very diplomatic way of putting it there for Porter Moser. Um, is that true? Do they just do the OU sucks whenever we're playing them? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's mostly that's that's true. The, the actual part of that song, I think, says go horns go, but they say eat. Y- you know the version that West Virginia sings during Sweet Caroline? About pits. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. something very similar to that, I think is how it okay. normally goes. I, like I saw it. enough tweets on that when we put that on our KREF account that I uh, I learned that a few days ago. I didn't know that prior. Okay. Nice. Nice. Well, um, very diplomatic. Um, very well done there by Porter Moser. But deep down, he's probably saying, yeah, let's find that line and you don't have to, like, barrel across the line, but you can venture across the line and come back, right? You can explore over the line a little bit within reason and then come back, um, you know. I, what does going over the line thing. look like tonight? Uh, empty beer cups into the design of an inverted longhorn in the student section? That'd be pretty no, amazing. That, yeah, but that's not over the line. That is... I mean, I hope for that. Uh, that. That would be, that would be awesome. I mean, a lot of things. Like the only thing really to me that's over the line is, I if you are, like if you come on the floor at any point, or if you, like as a, uh, if a player kind of goes into the, the crowd a little bit. If there's any type of interaction there, right? to me, that's the only two ways you cross the line. Everything else in my book is fair game. Our buddy John Woodson says the entire Boomer Bevo podcast will be at the Lloyd Noble Center tonight. There will be horns down. Nice. So uh, that means at least one Texas fan will uh, be there. Good luck. Good luck to all Texas fans going into the LNC tonight. Might get a few horns down. Inverted longhorns right in your face. Enjoy I hope it. so. I hope so. What's the text line up to today? We getting uh, we getting some interaction. What do we got going on? Jim and Casper says explore the space. Wants to know what that line looks like. Um, yeah. Cherokee Sooner says I love the West Coast choppers in the background. 
I think that's a sawzall. <laughs> uh, what, that that was the one because um, it was Orange County Choppers. Is that the same yeah. thing when the the dad and the son Paul and Paul Junior were always yelling that's at each Orange other? County. I think wasn't West Coast Chopper. Wasn't that Jesse James? Maybe. Yeah, I, I remember Orange County was definitely the father son duo where they were always screaming yeah. at one another. So we definitely need that. Ladonna from Lubbock says we just can't throw said beer cups onto the court. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. That, that that would be very Texas Tech of the students if they were if they were to do that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Four oh five. Uh, have we talked about how a twelve team playoff will make it harder for a team to beat our forty seven game win streak? Yes, we have. We talked yeah. about that with the four team playoff, but um, always felt that that streak was going to be safe after Georgia lost to Alabama. But um, it's as safe as it will ever be with a twelve team playoff coming up for sure. Yeah. I mean, what, someone can now theoretically win 16, go 16-0? and 0? Is that right? Or would it even be 17-0? Well, I mean, if you don't have a first-round bye, I think it would be – yeah, I think it would be 17-0. and 0. You have to play every game. Yeah. yeah. So you could technically go 17-0, and 0, but if you're undefeated and don't have a first-round bye, then – Especially with the new schedules that everyone's playing, you're probably a non-Power 5, and it ain't going to matter. Sure. Um, Porter mentioned something there like, yeah, be loud, be energetic, you know, all that, but essentially saying, like, don't be, don't be nasty, don't be terrible. And that's not what OU fans are, are about in, in my lifetime. I've never seen anything like it. Right. This is an intense rivalry between OU and Texas. It is. We hate them. They hate us. It's the way that it's supposed to be. I don't view this rivalry, though, in like compared to maybe one particular one in the Southeast as deadly, or you know what I mean, like a rivalry yeah. that gets out of hand a lot. I, I don't like even in football. I don't see that very often. It doesn't seem to be the case. Um, I mean, you have you have two very large fan bases that show up in the same town every year to play each other. And, I mean, I'm sure there's some heated situations and I'm sure some stuff spills over every now and then. But for the most part, I it seems like as far as the ugliness to stay pretty lame, doesn't it? Like, like there's no like – I guess I'm sure maybe it happens, but you don't hear a whole bunch of stories about Massive brawls or right stuff spilling over and and getting dangerous. It seems to be heated, uh, very passionate, but stays pretty much between the lines. I guess that helps when you're playing. Uh, every time you play one another, it's at 11 a.m. <laughs> that probably helps things out quite a bit. Yeah, but it's still got to be. I mean, for an 11 a.m. game. Like, one but, of the most heavily consumed alcohol days for an OU fan throughout, well, at least throughout the sports calendar. At yeah, the State I mean, Fair. the game's at 11 a.m., but everyone's still usually in town. When I mean, I, obviously, if you lose, a lot more people uh, head back to Norman or to Austin or wherever they came from. But you still, even after the 11 a.m. game, you still have a pretty good mix of, like, out there on the – um, the, the fairgrounds, like that, yeah. you, you got a bunch of 
intermingling between fans and obviously out on the town it's still going to happen the night before and the night after so i mean it seems to be like considering like how it all unfolds it seems to be fairly mellow yeah it it is and i i think when the west end was a thing it used to be like friday night I don't think it's unless I totally miss it. Like Friday night before OU Texas in the West End used to be a much bigger deal than what it is now. Like people still yeah. go out, and I'm still. I, I, it sounds like there's still some trash talk here and there, but not like it used to be back in the day. So even the Friday night of things has calmed down, and I don't think it'll ever be a night game at the Cotton Bowl. That doesn't sound like that's ever going to be a thing. The latest it will ever kick is probably two thirty, but it's an intense rivalry. It's intense on social media, but the day of, it's just like you don't hear about uh, OU and Texas fans shooting one another after the game like you do Auburn and Alabama fans like every right. other year. Right. Yeah. No. No. It's and I don't think tonight. I would be shocked if anything tonight was was over the line. Uh, you, I imagine it's just going to be passionate, and loud. At least that's what I hope yeah. for. Uh, the five most miserable fan bases in sports right now. I just ran across this, and it made me happy. Like, don't don't you just love to uh, soak in the misery of other fan bases that are out there? Especially one particular college football fan base that is on here. I know I do. Now, is this like all sports at the moment? All sports that are just yes. like things are not going well right now at the moment. Uh, and this goes with what we talked about yesterday. Um, kind of a little bit. What, how, how do we phrase it? Is Buffalo the most sports-cursed city in America yeah. at this point? Okay, now this isn't, this isn't college. It's, well, it's both. It's, it's everything. It, yeah, I mean, you've got four. Let's see. You've got three NFL teams, one Major League Baseball team, and one college football team is what you have on College football has to be Ohio State. Uh, no, it is not Ohio State. Nope. Here's the description of the team, the college football team that sits at number four. The Aggies like to act like they're a national championship <laughs> program, and they've certainly spent like it, but that has not resulted in any legitimate success on a national scale. Now, I don't know okay. who wrote this, Teddy, but that is a poet. That is the most skilled writer that I've ever seen in my entire life. There is not a sentence that I've ever read in the history of my life that has done something more than that right there. The Aggies like to spend like they're a national championship program, and they've certainly spent like it, uh, but that has not resulted in any legitimate success on a national scale. That, that's beauty. That's art is what that is. Yeah. It's quick. It's to the point. Uh, it's factual. No, I like it. Um, okay. I thought it was going to be like Ohio State since Michigan won the national championship. So, okay, I think I see where we're going with this. NFL, I mean, it's – Buffalo's definitely got to be in there. I think Buffalo is number one on the list. Yes, they are. Number one. Uh, who else in the NFL would be in there? I think there's one pretty obvious one and one that you'd really have to think back on to, to get there. I was thinking, like, oh, gosh. I don't you want me to know. give you a hint? Yeah. What do you think of when you think of massage parlors? Um, Other than Robert Kraft, what do you what do you think of, or who do you think of? I I don't know. Deshaun I, I, Watson? You only... don't think of Deshaun Watson? 
Jeez. Yeah, so Cleveland? Yes, Cleveland. The Browns are at number five. A&M is at number four. The New York Mets are at number three. Frank the Tank of Barstool, that, that's for sure. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings are at number two. And then the uh, Buffalo Bills at number one. Huh. Yeah, okay. I guess, I don't know. I feel like uh, Cleveland has started to make the playoffs every now and then, and that's got to be good enough, right? Well, they got destroyed <laughs> this year, so I don't know how enjoyable of, a, of an experience that was this year. Yeah, that's true. I was like, whenever you said Deshaun Watt, I was like, well, yeah, he was a Texan then. I mean, they they looked pretty good this year. But, I thought that yeah, was a that, dead giveaway. Jeez. Yeah, that had to be, like, if if you're a Browns fan, like, I, however you felt about that whole trade, some people loved it, some people hated it. I, that was like the worst way your season could have ended. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love that Texas A and M football was on this list at number four. Oh yeah, and that se- oh, that, yeah. that sentence that that really that really did it for me. It was it was fantastic. Let me get to a few texts here before we hit a break. Five one two. Back in the day, Commerce Street for the OU Texas game was. Uh, nuts. It was nuts. Bottles flying out of buildings. People in the back of trucks throwing blank. Uh, Shark hmm. says, neither of you experienced Commerce Street prior to the 90s. It was savage. John from Tulsa says, I think the reason the rivalry remains respectful is because we play at a neutral site for football, so there's no ganging up on people, LOL. Fights yeah. on Commerce Streets back in the day. West End is crazy on Saturday night after the games as a texture in the 918. So, Sharks right. I never got to experience like that OU Texas side of things, Commerce Street, prior to the 90s. But apparently, there's, uh, that's where uh, you know what went down before the game started. Yeah. So, is, is Commerce Street, is that, is that the West End? I, it, yeah, I think it's the, the same area. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I bet it was wild. I'd like to. I'd like to hear some of those stories. That, we need to get it going again, right? Get, yeah. Make Commerce Street a thing again. Make the West End uh, a thing again. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hit a break. Hey, on the other side, I've got a couple of questions. OU football questions. Right. I'd like to have you answer. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. Quick time out here from Bob Moore Nissan in Norman. Come see us. They've got a huge inventory here, new and used. You can't miss us right here on the West Side. Cedar Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Not just hope you'll join us for the remainder of the show, but definitely from five, five to six as we preview this big hoops game coming up tonight. I know you got a few questions about next year's football season, but some yeah. people are going down memory lane of Commerce Street and the West End. Not necessarily the same thing, by the way. Um, from the 580, it says early 70s, mattress thrown out of a hotel on Commerce. It was not for the week. So I feel like I was really? born in the wrong era if that's what was going Man. on the Friday before OU Texas. I missed I like out. That. Yeah. Wow. Missed out on some great nights, that's for sure. All right, uh, what, what, what do you got here? Questions for well, next year. I- I was just wondering because uh, we got the way too early stuff going on, and your favorite thing, your big thing, is 
who's going to be the leading receiver and who's going to be the number one running back, leading yeah. rusher. Didn't know that was my favorite thing, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I usually uh, wait until you know, week two for those hot takes, but yes, we can do it now. You you usually declare uh, the best running back on the team between three and five times a year. Um, it's a different guy every time, but <laughs> it's time to get declaration number one. It's been tough one. to get that take last year throughout or the first half of the year. Jeez. I, I, it's tough to get that take right now as to who the best running back was last year. Um, so right out of the gate, before we go to spring ball, our roster for the most part, we feel like is pretty set, maybe another addition or something through the portal, but don't think it's going to be a running back or wide receiver. As you think about it right now, uh, with what we've added in the portal, uh, freshman coming in, who's going to be the leading receiver next year? So I think an important part of this too, is who I'm even considering in the group for top receiver. Yeah. And I'm considering three names and really three names only at this point. Okay. Andrea Anthony, who was the leading receiver before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Nick Anderson, who I think we all know what the ceiling is there. And you mentioned the portal, uh, Dion Burks, transfer portal wide receiver from Purdue. I'm not really factoring okay. in Jaleel Farouk at this time. Right. Or any incoming uh, freshmen that they have. It's just th- th- just those three at this point. And if I'm projecting the number one receiver for next year in late January, I'm factoring in the position that he plays because I think he'll probably play the same position as where last year's leading receiver played. I think Deion Burks is going to be wide receiver Ooh. one slash the leading receiver for next year. Yeah, I, I, I do. Okay. Like it, love it, hate okay. it initially. I like it. I like it. Um, I think there's, especially for a young quarterback, the closer you are to, you know, the middle of the field, you know, you you can get those guys the easy bubble routes and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, going to be in motion across the formation a lot. That little touch pass is something that he could be a recipient of. Um, I think that's a good guess. Uh and I, you know, I, you know, sometimes you say, "Well, I would be worried if this guy was the leading receiver next year." That that doesn't worry me if Burks ended up being the leading receiver, not no, at all. I, I just, and I also with that too is, I think he has a chance to be their most electric playmaker at receiver. Like certainly in the open field, I think Nick Anderson is going to continue to be a downfield threat. I, I need to see more consistency there. If I'm, you know, if we're being honest here. Andrew Anthony's going to be a deep threat. How does he come back from that injury? But I think Deion Burks is going to be their guy that he gets the ball in the middle of the field and he's got some space. Like, he, he, watch out. He's going to make a big play. And he did okay. that at Purdue last year. And, and text line is saying, what about, what about Gibson? Are you giving up on Gibson? I need to see OU give him more looks before I'm ready to project him as the leading receiver next year. I really like Jaden Gibson. I wish that they would give him more opportunities because it feels like when they do give him opportunities down the field, something good normally happens. It's just for whatever reason, it's like you can only count on one, maybe two targets at this point for for Jaden Gibson. Yeah. Um, Okay. What about uh, like the the long shot, like a name that maybe is a little off off the radar? Brennan Thompson? Ooh. I mean, just because he might only catch two to three balls a game, but 
that could be three catches and a hundred and thirty yards based on what we saw the final two games of the year. Like if you want a okay. long shot, like that's my long shot because his yards per catch average could be higher than anyone else's on the team next season. Yeah. Any so you don't think any freshmen are going to factor in Zion Kearney? Um, uh, no, I'm not. No, no, no. I mean, I I think that uh, Kearney could could factor in. Uh, Petaway could factor in as well, but. I gave you my three that I'm factoring the most, and my long shot is is Brennan Thompson. But okay, because he had touchdowns in his final two games, like they finally started to get him going. My big question with with Brennan Thompson is, you know, he got banged up a few times this year. That's is, true. Is he going to be consistently available next season if his workload is a lot more than it was this year? He's the sports car, right? Really fast, but. Uh, prone to breakdown, uh, it seems, at least at this point. Um, hopefully he gets over that and has a healthy year. Before before we move on to another uh, uh, like running back here, can I, I'm just going to read a few texts here for you, okay? We can build off that. Please. Uh, uh, 832, and we we're getting a, a, few, a few of these. What about Gavin Freeman? Was so hyped going into the year and seemed to fade into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Should I have well, factored I, him into the conversation more? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think that you know, I would say the the hope for him would be to grow into a capable slot guy that you can use in a bunch of different roles. Um, you know, kind of a move guy, motion guy, uh, a guy that you can get open, run some tunnel screens and stuff too. Right? He he became kind of a one trick pony. It wasn't his fault, just kind of how things went. And I think they, you know, whenever he started to have some of those baubles on the returns, just felt like they went away from him. Um, but I don't. I don't think. I, I I can't put him on the list for a serious candidate for leading receiver next year. Um, I will say this though. I I. Uh, he's got to be more consistent. You're right, but I would almost consider it to be a travesty if Nick Anderson is not the leading receiver next year. Got everything you need to be that guy. Yeah. Everything you need. That's right. I mean, he needs to be he needs to be highlighted. They need to like figure out what he's best at and how they can get him the ball as much as possible. He's a big body, he's fast, he can go over the top of guys, he's tough as hell to bring down after the catch. I he we have to do a better job as an offense finding ways to highlight our key players. And he is, like, maybe the number one guy that I'm talking about when I say that. Guy, from- Just like what we saw in the bowl game from Arizona. Yep. That's all Arizona does. Find their best receiver, highlight him, and build their offense around ways of getting him the ball. Uh, Vinny Paul says, long shot is Devon Mitchell, the tight end, freshman tight end. Yeah. I, I would say that's a long shot for sure. Um but I think he can. I think he can definitely factor in. I, I mean, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping one of the guys from the tight end room. I mean, I know what we kind of know what we're going to get from Roberts, all around guy. I think the other two are kind of. I think Mitchell is going to grow into an absolute star. But I think you know between he and Bauer Sharp, there's a chance we've got a star right out of the gate. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, what's next? We going leading rusher for next year? Leading rusher. <sighs> kind of the same thing. I'll um, I'll tell you who I'm like evaluating or, or putting in the group of likely to to be that. Um, Gavin Sawchuck. Okay. I'm still going to put Barnes in there for now because I'll, I want to see him healthy and in, in, in what that looks like. He, he's kind of fringe at this point of being in that discussion. And then I think you got to um, I think you got to throw in your transfer portal running back from uh, Tennessee Martin as well, just because. Golly, does he have the most rush? Yeah, he probably had the most rushing yards out of any running back that you have on the roster next year. I I really want to throw Taylor Tatum in this group, the number one running back in twenty twenty four in the twenty four class. I should say. I just I I think the freshman wall really is a thing, especially when you're talking about running backs. I lean heavily towards Sawchuck being the leading rusher next year. Yeah. Okay. Well. Like it, love it, hate it. Sawchuck. I like it. I don't love it. Um, I There's a couple of reasons. Reason number one is... I am afraid the hamstring is going to be a constant problem. And I, if that was what has kept his explosiveness down from what we saw in that, that, that very limited run he had in his freshman year, I, I'm, I'm worried that that's kind of like the less explosive Sawchuck is kind of what we're going to get from now on. Um, and I don't, I don't think, uh, let me say this, and I don't mean it as a slam because I think he's capable of much more. And I think he can really grow this off season, but the best of what we saw from Sawchuck last year, frankly, is not good enough moving forward. I'm, I'm fine with that. Sure. And that's, you know, and I think the, I think Sawchuck, the best of Sawchuck last year was the best that we had on the roster. I. Like good Sawchuck was oh, yeah, the best no, we Nobody had. was good enough, really, at any point last year. Like, Tawi right. had some nice moments, but was everyone consistent, necessarily. Yeah. I, if, if, we get what we, if we get next year what we got from Sawchuck this year, that's not good enough for us at running back. Now, I think he's capable of more and better. I hope we get that. And I, as it sits right now, that's pro- that's who I would have to pick as the leading rusher next year, and I got to tell you, I'm like I I don't feel great about that. Better hope Sam. Fra- I don't. Better hope Sam Franklin's a dude coming from UT Martin, thirteen hundred and seventy eight well, rushing yards last year. And you know, I, there's some good stuff from him on film. I'm I'm still curious as to I the way how quickly they took him and kind of what he looked like on film like it kind of tells me that they think Taylor Tatum is the dude because I I just I'm shocked at how he was like the first guy right out of the gate soon as the portal window opened he committed to Oklahoma and that seemed strange to me but you know I I'm open to seeing Taylor Tatum, running back can be freshman can come in. You know, you're right. There's it's a it's a much longer season. The workload is far heavier. It's going to be physical SEC football, 
it's going to be hard for a freshman to come in and and lead the pack. Especially if but. you're not just a, like a physical specimen throughout, you know, like uh, like Deuce Vaughn. It maybe is not a great example. Like I saw, we saw Deuce Vaughn hit a freshman wall. He had a great career at Kansas State, mm-hmm. but he hit that freshman wall after that great start to to his freshman right. year. A lot of the text line are saying Caleb Hicks long shot to uh, break out in 2024. So what's the deal, Smothers? Was gone. Who did Hicks didn't transfer, right? Uh, Smothers is at NC State now, I think. Yeah, Hicks is Hicks is back. Okay, I liked Hicks. I you know I think Hicks had great burst. Um, my, he he had he had a little bit of everything. He reminded me of uh, of Keith Ford to some degree whenever I saw him, but you know, I he he like. He stood out big time carrying the football, but we just never really saw much of him. And, you know, I, I don't know if there was off-field issues or what was going on there, but, I mean, if he can if he can button down, have a really good offseason, that wouldn't shock me at all. I honestly, I think it is the There's most wide-open position. Well, like wide receiver, I really only considered three, but those three I considered, I all think that they're going to have really good years, you know? Yeah, um, running back. Yes, Caleb Hicks. I, I probably should have had more in the discussion, but there are a few names at running back right now that you could say zero percent chance they're the leading rusher. To to that point you just made because well, of the situation. Theory. I think a lot of guys are in that discussion at this point. Here's with the, with the weird thing at running back, like Andrew Anthony, Anderson, Burks, like all of those guys. As long as they're healthy, like. Someone's going to be the leading receiver, but all three of those guys are going to have really good years, right? Uh, running back's different. You feel like you've got to pick who the leading rusher is, and everyone else may be like totally off the radar is kind of where we're at running back right now, it feels like. Who's right, going to be a leading passer next year? Do you have an answer on that? Um, I think I'm going to go with Jackson Arnold. But I will say I really do like the uh, uh, Zerbra – the other quarterback that we saw. Brennan Zerbra going to come in yeah. and be the leading passer. That's the long shot next year, huh? Okay, yeah. good deal. I really like him. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. When it comes to operating your business, time is money. And the last thing you need is something else to take up your time, like managing cash flow or making and collecting payments. Save time and money with Treasury Management from Armstrong Bank so you can focus on what's most important, taking care of your business. Armstrong. It is What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagazny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yalagazny Law, communication is a priority. 405-800-8080, that's Yalagazny Law, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. I don't think we talked about this much, but it was kind of a, a deal after the game and then blew up a little bit yesterday and and maybe even a little bit Sunday night but were you did you feel a certain way about the Bucks not using that last time out at the end of the game yeah I was a little bit frustrated by it um it was weird 
Yeah, I, if it's I, mean, a... I didn't notice it at the time for whatever reason. Like whenever uh, Baker threw the interception, I just kind of walked out of the room um, and didn't really look at it again. But like whenever you go back and watch, it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, at least force them to kick the field goal. Maybe they miss it. Right. It's a week. I mean, if it's a week nine regular season game, well, I don't know. Right. I still probably question it. But it's it, yeah, man, it's a it's a playoff game. I know Todd Bowles uh, had a comment. I think he just said the game was over. Yeah. But... Well, let's let's make sure the game is over. You, you know, like cr- crazy things have have happened before. I, um, I don't know if anything that crazy has happened before. I'm sure it has, but just it's a playoff game played all the way through, man. Well, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes. What? How long did it? Thirteen seconds. They went down, kicked a field goal to force overtime, or or whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, things can happen. I thought it was a bit strange. Uh, I don't know if it was just an oversight on the sideline or what, but, uh, I mean, just look at the game that was played right after it. Whenever, you know, you thought a field goal was a, a certainty, they missed it. Um, huge numbers. You see the uh, the uh, attendant, or not attendance, but the uh, viewer numbers, 40 million, average 40 million viewers for the NFL divisional round up uh, a big chunk up seven percent over last year huge numbers and it makes sense the the chiefs bills between those two quarterbacks right now is always going to be uh, uh heavily watched 50.39 million viewers is what that game averaged and um that's the that's a record for 48 million was the previous high between the cowboys and the green bay packers so Big numbers, and, you know, it's interesting whenever you kind of look at, at at some of those games, it, it wasn't like your your typical superstar quarterback-driven contest. Now, I know the Kansas City-Buffalo one was, but uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit, I mean, that story seemed to resonate with viewers. Yeah, Tampa Bay-Detroit, good, but uh, Buffalo and Kansas City was the most anticipated game, and it was the best yeah. game of the weekend. And now Kansas yep. City is firmly in Buffalo's head whenever they face each other again in the playoffs because Buffalo just can't beat them when it matters, man. They can't do it. Yeah. Um, that's all I got today. Uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame going to Ooh. announce who's in the hall next in about 15 minutes, I believe. And the four, we'll extend it out to five, who are most in contention. It seems like Adrian Beltre is going to get that honor today. Joe Maurer, former five-star quarterback, is going to get that honor. Mm-hmm. Todd Helton is there. Billy Wagner is there. And Gary Sheffield is pretty close as mm. as well. Um, Gary Sheffield, he did play for my Braves at one point. But during my childhood, maybe the most fun uh, batting stance to emulate in the box. Gary oh, Sheffield's. Yeah. I, Gary Sheffield had to have played, I don't know, um, he probably played in four decades. Yeah, I bet he played eighties, nineties. When, when did he play in the two thousand tens? When was his last? Oh, it would have been close. Uh, maybe maybe he got there, but maybe it was a couple of years before. I, I'm not exactly sure that the last time Gary Sheffield played baseball he played forever though. Um, awesome. He was always a favorite. Gunner Gundy has re-entered the transfer portal. That's right. He had been committed to OU. Uh, Ohio since January 5th he made it all of uh, 18 days before he put his name back in the transfer portal Mm. I guess there's a troll account out there that says he's going to Alabama 
I'm gonna guess it's just that. It's um, yeah, it's it's a troll account saying that he's going to Alabama. Wow. I, I have no idea yeah. where Gunnar Gundy's going, but he's back Interesting. in the portal. Interesting. Oh, and by the way, '88 uh, was his first year with the Brewers, and last year was with the Mets in 2009. Just ah, missed it. Just missed it. Should have played one more year. Should have been like Bartolo Colon, just to extend that career out a few more years. Um, ESPN.com slash USA Softball released their top 25 today. And guess who's number one? Yeah, OU Softball, number one, just like they are in the other two polls. So the unanimous number one team to start the year, not that surprising, will be OU Softball. Three polls, all starting at number one in each. Wow. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive and uh, not the least bit surprising. No, not not at, uh, not at all. New Mel Kuyper mock draft, Tyler Guyton going number 27 overall to the Arizona Cardinals. So mm. I, I continue to look at new mock drafts, and they continue to have Guyton in the first round going somewhere. Yep. Arizona, Kansas City, I, there's there's been multiple stops or multiple teams. I, I think there's, there's a chance that he is – he could be even a, a top fifteen type of pick or something if he if he tests well and performs like the like you know I think he will. NFL teams are going to love what they see from Guyton. Last one for me. This is via Football Scoop. They reported this last night that Zach Alley is bringing in a key off field staffer to OU. Jacksonville State senior defensive analyst Henry Weinrich is expected to join OU staff in a similar capacity, sources told Football Scoop on Monday. I'll be honest with you, I have no idea about Henry Weinreich, where he's been, what he's been up to, but it sounds like he's going to be the right-hand man there of Zach Alley and being off the field staffer here. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, Probably getting pretty close to having all the moving, moving parts, moving pieces on the staff buttoned up. Uh, before they really start to gear up for spring ball, which is going to be here before we know it. Do you know anything about this guy? Nothing. Same. Zero. Zero. And um, we'll see. We'll see if that's that's where he ends up staying, or if he uh, if he's a guy that maybe works his way up the ladder. But they lost some off field staffers this off season, so it, yeah. I mean, good to see that they're and not, not that it's a surprise, but good to see that they are indeed replacing those because those not not as important as a on field coach, but. You'd like to have a nice off-field uh, sure. staff as well. Absolutely. Because everyone in the SEC in, has them. In this day and age, it can be incredibly important with all of the moving parts that you got, all the things away, recruiting, NIL, transfer portal. I mean, you got to really evaluate every single guy in college football and see what your grade is on him. So, yeah, there's, a, there's plenty of stuff to spread around. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number two next. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world. 24-7 did their final update. Rivals has David Stone as the number five overall player in the class, number two defensive player, number one defensive lineman. Um, But my big takeaway between the two final rankings updates, and I do roll my eyes on this a little bit, Eddie Pierre-Louis, OU offensive line signee, 
the number 33 overall player on Rivals, not ranked at all in the 24-7 sports top 247. Explain that one to me. Explain how I you have can be no a idea. top 35 player in one and not even ranked in the other. Makes no sense. I don't, I don't know. Does... Like that's something that somebody should have to answer a question on, don't you think? Yeah, yes, absolutely I do. I mean, the discrepancy like, of that, I've never seen a recruit have the rankings discrepancy that Eddie Pierre-Louis has. A number three, like, that is knocking on the door of being a five-star, Yep. right? Yeah, yes, correct. And the other one doesn't even have him ranked? Not in the top 247 players that they ranked. That is shocking, and I, from the little, it doesn't even take very much of watching Eddie Pierre-Louis to know that he is, at a minimum, a four-star player. Um, that it that's has been and continues to be one of the strangest things that I've seen. Yeah, I. Uh, and especially I mean, that's when rare it's, to have that that big of a discrepancy. But when it's Oklahoma, too, you, you know what I mean. I, I think that maybe that factors in a little bit. Like, okay, OU with a guy like Bill Bedenboe clearly saw something here. Let's evaluate that a little bit closer. And they 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 didn't. But whatever. B.J. Brooks, uh, another offensive lineman signee, he was unranked in both the twenty four seven and Rivals rankings. Um, mm-hmm. B.J. Brooks is at 133 with uh, Rivals today. He jumped up into the top 250 at 133. And 24-7 has him at, let me see, I think it was number 73 is where he ended up. He ended up in, uh, yes, correct, yes, top eight. Nice. That's pretty good. Now, did any of these rankings – have any effect on where OU's overall team I haven't ranking was? checked since before uh, I hopped on at 2 p.m. On Rivals, they were still at number seven. See if that changes okay. a- a- at all. There you go. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush coming up next here from Bob Moore Nissan.